I'm turning on the grill. Beep, boop. That's not the sound the grill makes. Welcome to the inaugural episode of License to Grill, a Bob's Burgers podcast brought to you by the Ultimate Tabletop Network. I'm Zelza Zane. With me, as always, is... Kim. What makes us a little different than other Bob's Burgers podcasts is we're not only going to talk about things Bob's Burgers, but we will be grilling up the burger of the day and getting to some trivia and whatever else we happen to think of that seems fun. Let's get on with the episode. So let's get on with the episode. So the episode first aired on January 9th, 2011. I'm very happy to say that I've basically on the been on the Bob's Burger wagon since it started. Yep, I have also been a Belcherista uh, <laughs> ever since. Not a Burgermeister. Ooh, Burgermeister's good. This is a License to Grill podcast, so we should probably figure that out. Bun Buddy. Ooh, Bun Buddy. I, maybe we, oh, that should, we should call our fans that. Our Bun, our bun Buddies? Bun <laughs> Buddies or Bun Babies. I think first we need to get fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure, I'm sure some Bob's Burgers fans will find us first. That's true. So, it yeah, so it released on January 9th, 2011. It has an IMDb score of 7.7 out of 10, which is pretty good for a debut episode. And the synopsis of the episode goes as follows. Bob rallies the team to cook up some business for the grand re-re-re-opening. The day takes an unexpected turn when a health inspector pays a visit because of a rumor. The episode, of course, is called Human Flesh, which is supposed to be a sort of play or joke at the original concept of the show that Lauren Bouchard came up with, which was that he wanted it to be about a family of cannibals who made human burgers. I don't know about you, but I would probably try a human burger. What? You made that face, so I'm going to say I would probably not try a human burger. (laughs) I don't think I would want to eat human flesh. No? I actually heard a rumor that once you've eaten human flesh, maybe it was a horror movie that I watched, that you become addicted to it and no meat tastes as good. I'm betting that was from the classic documentary Hannibal. Oh yeah, that actually might be true. I am a big Hannibal fan, Elsa. This is kind of the first episode of the show, but also when we get to see the store names and, of course, the bug or exterminating relating truck. The first one being PFETA, which is the people for the eating of tasty animals. So obviously it's a little bit of a jab at PETA, which I think is quite funny. Even taking a little bit further where it has the note, meat is murder in the window. Fun fact, if you look at it closely, the meat is murder sign is on the outside. So someone actually put that sign on on their window. Oh, that even makes more sense. Because I thought it was just like a confirmation, like, yes, meat is murder. And it's tasty. (laughs) And then, of course, the extermination van says, rats all, folks. Just like the classic Looney Tunes uh, outro. That's all, folks. So we open the episode with Bob giving a uh, rallying speech to Linda and the kids, trying to encourage them to sell a lot of hamburgers over the Labor Day weekend, because Wonder Wharf is finally open. It's actually our first time getting to see Wonder Wharf, which is a continuous location throughout the show and actually the main location in the Bob's Burgers movie, which I'm going to get be super excited to eventually get to talk about. His kids are obviously very unenthused. Well, child labor in a restaurant during a long weekend. I'm sure that I wouldn't be super jazzed about that either. That's true. And T- Tina is sort of waylaid by this itchy crotch, which no one wants to hear about. I hear that's the C plot. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> 
So yeah, we mentioned that there are basically a couple of main stories or stories throughout the episode. So the main story is, of course, Hugo and Ron, the health inspectors, arriving. The B sort of uh, plot is Bob forgetting the anniversary. And then C plot for me was Tina's itchy crotch, which I think the episode leaves it as a mystery as to how she got it. I do appreciate that she said that she was willing to grill burgers only using one hand. Though she was very aware of her limitations and how much of a struggle it would be. That's true. That's true. It's also the first introduction of one of my favorite gene props, which is his fart robot laser gun, which he uses liberally throughout the episode. And the series. Yeah, it's true. So the plan is that Tina's supposed to cook the burgers, uh, Louise is supposed to serve the burgers, and Gene is supposed to be outside offering offering free samples. Mini burgers? The mini burger samples outside. To everyone except for... The people from the funeral. If they're holding an urn, don't offer them a burger. Uh, Yeah, Bob and, and Linda have to go downstairs to quote unquote grind the meat good 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 grind the meat wink i really like the exchange between bob and louise like you immediately kind of get their vibe where bob is very weakly threatening louise not to change the burger sign the burger sign of course initially says the new baconings burger and he takes the, the chalk and uh, louise mumbles under her breath like i don't have chalk I do like that she's engaging with the restaurant, even if it is for pranks and mischief. She's technically the one that starts the rumor, which we find uh, a little bit later on in the episode when Hugo and Ron arrive. And so it's a very much an episode of happenstance. So Hugo and Ron, the health inspector, show up and start doing their um, inspection. Tina makes it very clear that she has an itchy crotch, which they make several notes about. Uh, Louise has changed the sign to the child molester burger, uh, now with can. She even offers out a few burgers with a little hard candy on the plate. Yeah. Good yeah. visual gag. It's a really good visual gag, and it also, like any child of the 90s, we were all sort of threatened with, you know, the creepy guy in the van with no windows uh, who's going to offer me free candy and kidnap me. So <laughs> that definitely hit to sort of the age where, uh, the age of Louise and Jean and Tina for me. You were warned, I was encouraged. So the rumor, as Hugo reveals, is that human remains from the crematorium next door uh, has been used to make burgers. And then we flash to Louise in school talking and telling all of her fellow students and her teacher that that's what the burgers are made of at Bob's Burgers. So then we cut down to one of the first exchanges of Bob and Linda as a couple, which I really enjoy. That's one of my favorite parts about the whole show is their relationship. I think it's a pretty standard... Very realistic, very Realist. intimate, intimate in a non-confrontational way. I like that. It's it's more, it's definitely realistic. It's definitely not picture perfect. And you can see that, you know, despite each other's pitfalls, they still love each other. So Linda has already previously rem- asked Bob about the specific date. And so she asks him again downstairs, to which he does not know. But she specifically asks about when their wedding was. And he goes, oh, that's today, isn't it? And she goes, yeah, I remember because it's nine divisible by three. Oh yeah. Is, is that how you remember dates? It is how I remember dates. I also just like the idea that there are several numbers that are divisible nine by nine. So it literally could have been the 12th of March and it would have been 12-9 or December 3rd. 12 divisible by three. Three and nine are both prime numbers as well. Also, that's it. She could have said, oh, well, I remember because they're both prime numbers. <laughs> I do try to remember birthdays that way because I do tend to forget them. Otherwise, like my best friend's birthday is 6-7, June 7th. So I, I can't forget that. And then thankfully my nieces are... August and September, so following months, and then the 16th and 17th. That's not correct. It's the 15th, 16th. Hmm. You know, fun thing. Me and my brothers are on the 17th, 18th, and 19th of various months. That's very strange. Funny old thing, life. It's at that point that Hugh goes upstairs yelling for an adult. 
and Bob and Linda show up and that's when Linda realizes that it's Hugo her ex fiance that is performing the health code inspection or the following up of the rumor you know Hugo was uh, named after the guy named Hugo who was probably one of the first people to do motion captured film I believe he was the creator of the Hugo award which is also a major film award for independent film and this character is named after that yep that's not true then fans can comment and correct me if I'm wrong did you just make that up no Hugo was actually a person who did no I know film. that but the character in the show is not named after that I am almost 100% sure. But if I'm wrong, then fans can correct me. Yeah, and then Hugo mentions that that there is a full-page list and that Bob has broken a record with how many violations have already taken place and uh, that he has to do a test to see if Bob's meat is more than the 4% allowable amount of human remains in hamburger. Do you know if that's a real FDA regulation? I really hope not, and I'm afraid to Google it, so... (laughs) Because I did think about it, and then I was like, I don't want to know. It's like the knowing where hot dogs come from. Hot dogs are delicious. I don't need to know what they're made out of. Well, that's why I only buy pure dog. That's not better. It is pretty great that uh, there's the reveal that Hugo and Linda used to date and also be engaged. And that Hugo was heartbroken. In fact, he recites a poem later on in the episode, which is uh, devastatingly cringe. Especially since Linda ran off with Robert, the restaurateur. Yeah, and ended up being a guy who owns a burger shop. (laughs) Um, He's following his dream. That's the important part. Yeah, and they talk about that later in the episode, which I actually is one of the things that I really, really like. And again, that kind of reflects back to the relationship between Bob and Linda. Bob and Linda have the exchange about her relationship with Hugo, and there's a comment about his mouth being the perfect moisture mouth, which I think is really interesting language. Like writing language, it's also kind of gross when you think about it. But it's also how people talk and maybe not necessarily how they talk on TV, but how people talk in real life, right? I've never said the terminology perfect moisture mouth. We have very different vocabularies. That's true. That is very true. You would say perfect moisture mouth. I like how Bob, uh, and then Bob talks about how he creates a lot of saliva and he kisses uh, Linda and basically gets her covered in spit. He blames her for sweating. Yeah, blames her for sweating. <laughs> and meanwhile what's happening is uh gene goes to deliver the hamburger to the crematorium next door because mort has requested his lunch but doesn't want to go next door for for very obvious reasons and i particularly like that gene had been instructed that it was kind of on the hush hush and then yet went knocking on the door screaming here's your delivery from bob's burgers <laughs> Gene's the best. Gene is, uh, he's up there. My my favorite character changes almost episode to episode. But I think, you know, because I'm older. Well, you don't look a day over 21. <laughs> but because I'm a bit older and I'm in, like, a long-term relationship, I think the relationship between Bob and Linda is probably my favorite aspect of the show. You're in a long-term relationship? With who? That's adorable. So that ends the episode. There's this moment that I also really like where Hugo's van is sort of trapped between two cars that Hugo asks him for help and despite Bob being extremely upset that he can't sell hamburgers and that Hugo is being a head and won't do the test he still offers to help and then eventually even just takes the car the van out on his own I think it kind of speaks to you know Bob's general disgruntled but really helpful nature you know I feel that the the almost pathological need to assist when someone's in trouble 
I find that I do that a lot where uh, if I see someone is having a struggle and having some kind of problem I, I can't help but try and fix it or try and help them even if it's to my own detriment or even if it's someone who I don't particularly care for that's nice I'm not like that when people wrong me they're they're dead to you they're dead to me they're hamburgers to you <laughs> <laughs> there are human flesh burgers to me. I do like, you know, as the big sign goes up saying that this place sells human flesh, that there is immediately this congregation of protesters with signs. I wrote down some of the signs because I thought they were very amusing. Uh, my favorite being, don't put our sons between your buns. <laughs> There's also, don't taste me, bro. And uh, hamburgers, not himburgers. I think that's my favorite one. Yeah, it's awesome. It's just like those little, it's kind of like the opening of the show with adjacent store and the exterminator van, just those like really nuanced kind of background humor things that I really like about the show. Interesting thing about background humor. In the crowd, Luisa's teacher is there. Oh, really? Yep, Miss Lamaz, who will be named a few episodes from now. That's awesome. I didn't notice that. There's also the shoe repair guy, but who's really the locksmith, as he points out, as Bob tries to, you know, rally these protesters to feel some love of empathy and maybe want to allow him to continue selling burgers he's like yeah you you made a key for me once and he's like yeah and he's like that was pretty good and the guy goes fair <laughs> just this heartwarming exchange with people on the street bob clearly enjoyed it more than he did <laughs> who doesn't like having a key made it is the essence to entry oh. and then the episode starts wrapping up and there's this moment it's probably my favorite moment of the entire episode where the protesters have thrown uh the snow globe at the window uh which gene then promptly cracked and bob is staring at his reflection uh reflecting on his life talking about how he's a failure both in marriage and parenting and how he got fat and was never attractive and then he was like, no, I was a little bit attractive. And then I got fat. And then he talks about how his kids are a failure. It's a little bit of a depressing note. But again, something that I like immediately related to, you know, it's that looking in the mirror or like when things haven't gone your way that we tend to internalize and really beat ourselves up. And I kind of really like that vulnerable moment in that show. It's kind of one of the things I like about Bob's Burgers in general is that there's these really vulnerable moments amongst fart robot laser gun. It was definitely quite symbolic that he was reflecting at his reflection and it was nice that he had a support network too once he finished grumbling that they came in to point out how silly he's being this is kind of where linda gets to step in and really give bob the pep talk because she's obviously the very optimistic one where he's a little bit more realistic veering on pessimistic trudgy he's very trudgy and she tells him that one of the reasons that she's with him is because he had this dream and i like i also like that it's not necessarily about how much money someone makes or what kind of car they drive but if someone has a dream and ambition that that can make people really attractive kind of like this for me i've always been a voice had the dream to start podcasting getting my voice out there and trying to relate to people through media and interesting comings and goings and calls to action and whatnot being with you i kind of relate to linda a lot in that way trying to support someone while they're figuring out their dream as someone who's already been through that journey and deciding to go back to school and get my master's degree and stuff and then the episode ends and it's one of two episodes that end with the theme song after that they all have the funny little dance numbers at the end of the episodes i believe you missed out on a good chunk of the episode there what after they have the reflective oh moment. shit that's right okay 
or after. And then just as, you know, Bob is kind of, you know, uh, dusting him, picking himself off the ground and dusting himself off and almost coming to terms with the fact that this weekend's going to be a bit of a wash, the Adventurers Eating Club pulls up in their bus and asks if he's still selling uh, human hamburgers, to which he replies yes and charges them $50 a pop. And as he's doing that, there's this uh, really funny moment where Ron shows up with the test results uh, and Bob quickly shuts him up or very quickly tries to shut him up and shoo him away. It's kind of just one of those things that sometimes things work out even though we don't think that they're going to work out. And then the episode ends with the Bob's Burgers theme song, which is one of two episodes that do that in the entire series. After that, they do those fun little dance numbers, which I'm very fond of. They also go down to Wonder Wharf. They do go down to Wonder... Oh, I did forget all about that part. And uh, Linda shaking her moneymaker to get Hugo to change his mind. So after the Adventurers Club leaves, Bob takes Linda and the kids to Wonder Wharf, where they go up on the... Wonder Wheel? Yeah, let's call it the Wonder Wheel. The... Ferris Wheeler's Day Off. <laughs> and uh, I guess at one point he'd ask the guy to pause it at the top so Linda and Bob could have their anniversary moment. And again, that kind of speaks to, like, Linda was obviously kind of upset with it, but at the end of the day, it's really not that big of a deal. And they have a real good, nice smooch off because he was watching YouTube videos on how to smooch, which I think is adorable. And where do you find those videos? But the kids promptly are grossed out. You definitely have to keep Google Safe Search on for that kind of Google. I definitely would agree. And again, the kids sort of making fun of their parents is just a really good example of their dynamic. Everyone loves each other, but, you know, they'll make fun of each other uh, pretty relentlessly. And then the episode ends, and it's one of two episodes that actually feature the Bob's Burgers theme song at the end of it, rather than those fun little dance numbers, which we all come to love later on in the series. So let's talk about the burger of the day. I cooked up the burger of the day. The uh, new Baconings burger, the burger that has quotations around it, comes with bacon. I started out with lean ground beef. I mixed in garlic powder, some minced onions, and little bits of bacon from what I was going to cook up as a topping. Uh, I also did up uh, bacon fries and sides of bacon to put on the burger itself. How did it turn out? I thought it was really good. I think, you know, there's a Bob's Burgers cookbook, and I don't think that one's actually featured in it. So that's kind of going to be the us having to figure things out when we can't find an act the actual official quote-unquote fox bob's burgers recipe but it was good it was you know i always prefer like a hand-tossed burger than you know the hard-pressed patties you buy in a grocery store and uh the bacon fries were actually pretty surprising because i could taste bacon throughout didn't need ketchup or any dipping sauce and i had pickles on my burgers because i like pickles and i think the pickles sort of balanced out the fattiness of the bacon so it was good it was tangy how was the mouthfeel pretty good mouthfeel i'd give it like a, a solid seven Seven out of ten mouthfeel. Oh, just like the IMDb for this episode. Overall, it was a very enjoyable hamburger, I have to say. It always makes me feel good when I can cook something you like. It's hard for me to tell, since I was kind of in the fumes of the cooking, and everything just kind of tastes the same after that. Yeah, you were sort of, you had absorbed all of the baconness. You had become one with bacon. It was more bacon than man. <laughs> Our dog definitely super wanted the burgers. So yeah, overall, burger was delicious. Would 100% buy it out of Bob's Burgers. Episode, uh, I think, is a great first episode of the show. I think it gives, I mean, particularly now, that I've seen every episode about three times. I think it gives a really good first tasting of what the family is like. Really looking forward to the next episode. But before we move on to the next episode, I have some trivia for you. The way this is going to work is I'm going to have three questions. You're looking at the answers on my sheet. 
What I'm are you not, doing? I don't need to look at the answers. I already know them. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to ask you three questions of escalating difficulty from the episode we just saw. And those points, one point, two point, three points, will be added up to a total over the course of this season. So at I the can... end of the season, whoever has more points by the end will endure some sort of humiliation or have to perform some sort of activity that relates to the show that we will figure out later. That's acceptable. In essence, I can get a total of six points. In essence, you can get six points for this episode. All right, later. Next on episode, me. it'll be your turn to come up with the questions, and I'll see if I can answer them. <laughs> you won't. We'll see. All right, lay them on me. All right, so the first one is your easy question. How much is the burger of the day at Bob's Burgers? Five ninety-five. That is one point for you. Question number two. There are four dates that Bob forgets. Can you name all four dates? Their anniversary, Linda's birthdays, Bob's birthdays, and the birth of one of the kids. I'm pretty sure it's Jean. You are correct. That's three points. And here's the hard question. What was inside the snow globe that impacted the Bob's Burgers? You can ask it again. No, you've already won. <laughs> all right, all right, fine. I had a bonus question in case that one was too hard. Uh, this one is worth five points. Do you really want to do this? Because I'm not going to give you bonus point questions. This bonus point. How many fragments does the window in Bob's Burgers break into? Kind of. <laughs> oh my God. There is five points on the line. If you can recite the poem that Hugo says to uh, Linda. I know the last part is the meat is my heart. That's the last line, right? Can you give me a little more? Hum me a few bars. <laughs> It's not a song. I mean, everything's a song if there's music there. No. Uh, that's the only part I remember is that the meat is my heart. Do you remember it? Do you have it written down? No, I don't. Oh, well, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> you could have said anything and gotten five points. I'll give you one point if you can find the poem and recite it with passion. Here it is. I came in search of human remains and found a piece of human flesh I thought I'd never see again. My heart. That's so passionate. I love it. So that is it for our episode today. Thank you for listening to us. Kim, is there anywhere else people can find you or is there anything you want to plug? No. Super. Rats all folks. Rats all folks.